Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. My name is Garrett. I'm the worship pastor here at Spring Hills, and I have uh, the other Garrett with me today as well, Hello. and Merry also Christmas. John Knapp. Ho, 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 everybody. Who are fresh off a fantastic performance last night at Team Night. Um, if any of you are on the team and were at Team Night, you saw... If you know, you know. Um, I mean, it was really just... It was something special. They worked on it for... What did you get? 11 months of training? Uh, it took a little while. 11 and a half, it's actually. About... 28 hours a week of, of physical training. A couple and minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was really. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Uh, today, I wanted to, I asked John and Garrett to come on in, uh, and John Barrett, but John Barrett wasn't able to be here today. Um, but we're going to talk about Christmas because we have Christmas coming up, not just our Christmas services, but the true meaning of Christmas, what it's all about. And uh, we're going to answer some of these questions that maybe you have, maybe you know the answers to these, or maybe this is going to be new information to you. So, um, let's start just by talking about the true meaning of Christmas. There's a lot, uh, the, you know, the secular side of Christmas is uh, a lot about um, gift giving and yeah. being... Depends on who you ask. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, generous and being generous and spending time with your family. Like, that's a lot of the, the secular side. Um, but let's talk about the true meaning of Christmas. We talk about Christ being born and things like that. But um, when I ask that question, true meaning of Christmas, what would you guys say? Yeah, I mean, I'd say uh, even in the word where the word of Christmas come from, it comes from, it uh, literally means Christian mass, and so it's really uh, uh, pointing to the celebration. I of thought Christ. it was more Christ. It's it's shortened for you know Christ mass, and <laughs> a, a mass is a time of worship and and celebration of of something. Of course, in the Catholic Church and the in the Christian tradition, um, and so yeah, even in the name Christ, uh, Christmas, we have. Christ, and that's for Christians the special uh, meaning of Christian of, of Christmas, remembering the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior, uh, having a special time to reflect on that uh, once a year. You know, specifically, of course, we uh, remember it all throughout the year, but we have a specific time where we can celebrate uh, our Savior's birth, Jesus Christ, um, and and really point other people to that uh, the truths of of why Jesus came. Uh, of course, he didn't uh, stay a baby. Of course, right, John? He didn't. No, stay he a was baby. not an eight the pound, six ounce came. baby. Jesus, his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but the Jesus, but the point of some why people Jesus like the baby came, version best. Right. They stop there and forget that Jesus was uh, God in the flesh. He was human. He was yeah. man. And the reason he came was to. Uh, provide a forgiveness of, of sins and salvation to those who believe. Mm. Yeah, you get the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. So great devotional time would be Luke chapter 2, 1 through, I don't know, maybe verse 20, 21. And uh, the idea is just, um, you know, this, this big announcement that uh, Jesus Christ is going to be born, and or he was born, and that uh, he brings good news of great joy for all the people. And, um, yeah, Jesus represents, I think if you look at uh, chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For unto you is born today in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And uh, this will be assigned to you. So, I mean, he's, he's our Savior. He's the Christ, the one, the Messiah, who came and fulfilled all the law and the prophets. And uh, he's Lord overall, so he's divine. So he's fully God, fully man. and uh, we we uh, we celebrate this this name of Jesus, God Emmanuel, which means God with us, and so it's a it's a beautiful uh, you know story of how God came into 
you know, the earth for us. And John, you mentioned in Luke two there, it says born in the city of David. Um, let's, we know, we hear the story a lot that Mary and Joseph were traveling, uh, right before Jesus was born. And then we know the, uh, there's no room in the inn and that stuff that, uh, a lot of people have probably heard that and have seen, uh, nativity scenes where they're in a manger and, or in a stable and with animals and hay. And that's where baby Jesus was born. A lot of people may not know why they were in a stable, why they were outdoors to begin with. Um, or why they were traveling. So why did Mary and Joseph travel so far while she was nine months pregnant? Yeah, so Mary and Joseph were from Nazareth, and they went to Bethlehem, which is probably about about 65 miles. It's, pro- it's about a four-day's journey walk. Uh, that's, why, that's how they traveled back then, of course, walking and on a donkey. And so the, they probably had a donkey with them, a Mary riding it, um, and Joseph had some of his maybe— a few things or whatever that they brought along, and they usually, of course, traveled in groups. Uh, but the scripture tells us again in Luke that uh, Caesar Augustus gave a decree out for a census, and so all the Jewish people had to go back to their hometowns. And Joseph was a descendant of of David, going all the way back to King David, and so he had to go back to Bethlehem uh, to get counted. And this was a way for the Roman government to uh, get taxes from the people as well, of, um, of course. It's always about taxes. Taxes, um, even back then. So, yeah, so that's why they, they had to, to leave Nazareth. They didn't, of course, want to. They were commanded to, and, of course, What Mary, would have happened if had they not have gone? You know, that's a good question. They'd be, probably be in, in trouble. And Well, later exactly. later on, right? Uh, what's his name? What's the what's the what's the guy's name? Dang it, the king, uh, King Herod. Herod, what? that's it. Sorry, I just got done doing some. I'll bleep, I'll bleep out the dang it. Don't worry. Uh, he's an evil king guy. Herod, he he gets wind after Jesus' birth that uh, he's you know, this king is being born, and then he wants to take it take him out right. And so when Mary and Joseph get word of this, you know that from that, an angel from yeah. an angel that that uh, King Herod wants to you know. Um, I mean, eliminate eliminate it's a really sad you know part of the story if you kind of think about it that you know herod trying to get to jesus wants to kill all the baby boys um and so when they go home they go home a different route mm-hmm. and so they're mm-hmm. not cut off and right and they even all, flee to egypt they go right. out of the area and then they come back later so it's yeah. a it's a it's a sovereignty of god you know not understanding why you have to do certain things but god's plan kind of always working its way out right because mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it was also to fulfill prophecy that uh, was spoken about before that the uh, messiah would come out of bethlehem and there was even two different bethlehems and scripture is uh, specific on which bethlehem in micah 2 but you bethlehem uh, ephrath uh, though you are little among thousands of judah yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in israel whose goings forth are from of old, uh, from ever at lasting. And so this was, yeah, uh, a prophecy of the Messiah, like you mm. were talking about. And Jesus fulfilled this, and God um, used uh, Caesar Augustus to put this decree to have Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem to yeah. uh, to have the Fulfill Savior the prophecy. Yeah, be, be born in Bethlehem. Yeah, we talk, I've talked with Brett a little bit just on a couple of these different podcasts about uh, prophecy and just the the odds of all of the prophecies coming true mm-hmm. um, throughout the New Testament and the things the prophecies that are fulfilled uh, really interesting 
to see just what all has to happen for those to, to actually come true. Um, so we talked about where Jesus is born. Uh, let's talk about why Jesus was born in a stable. Um, now, just as much as the podcast is right now, we are homeless. We don't have a home here at the church. There's no room for us here. So we go wherever nobody is currently working. Um, so today we're in the gray room and in a very awkward position with me sitting up on a very high stool at a high table and John and Kara sitting on a low couch. Um, there's no room, but there's no room for them in the inn. And uh, we know, you know, the nativity scenes, we know that Jesus was born in a stable. So why was this? Why was Jesus the king the Savior, why was he born in a stable? Why would God allow that to be where the Savior was born? Yeah, I mean, again, it's just a picture of uh, God uh, humbling himself through Jesus Christ and coming as a lowly servant, uh, peasant person, not coming and being born to uh, the king of, of his day and being in the line of these wealthy rulers or even religious uh uh, people who are, um, you know, the top of the top of the uh, social uh, class, uh, but he was born uh, lowly to uh, to just to say, you know, he had nothing to to, to grow up as a person um, with uh, with needs just like you and me, with uh, with uh, discouragement, with hardship, with uh, things that um, we experience in this life. So Jesus could identify with us and experience everything that we kind of experience. And so, um, and again, the reason there's no room, you know, in the inn or, or in some being able to uh, have a place, again, many people were coming to Bethlehem and everyone was coming at the same time. So when they show up, there's there's no room for them uh, to find a, a, a good place to, yeah. to, to stay. And so they had to kind of resort to the last. Whatever resort. they could. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine like... Uh, you know, a, a three-day weekend or some sort of holiday weekend when you want to go vacation somewhere and everyone else has the same idea and they're all in town. There's only so many rooms wh- for, you know, people to stay in and for the people to stay in. And so um, there was they were just a little late to the game. They didn't have a reservation. so Maybe moving a little slower because she was nine months pregnant. Probably right. well, their, their pace was a lot slower than, yeah. than that of those around them. And there's so last week I interviewed uh, Justin Overlander, who's the associate producer of The Chosen, and he was talking about, um, you know, the Christmas episode, the movie that they just put out in theaters. And uh, they very specifically had one point where Joseph, right before where they get into the stable, and he actually takes a, a shovel and um, scoops up manure and yeah. gets <laughs> it out of the way. And that's where it just the, the, the show of the humble way that Christ came into the world. I mean, this is uh, God's son, obviously. God could have very easily just had him come in as royalty and just just obvious that he's a king, right? Mm, but yeah. just the, such the humble way that he came down, um, right. I think it just signifies so much. Uh, I want to talk about also, we hear a lot about the virgin birth. Um, why was it important that uh, Jesus was born to a virgin? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the story goes, uh, as we see in Scripture, that Mary and Joseph were betrothed, meaning they were... Uh, legally married by contract, but they hadn't uh, come together sexually. Um, uh, they were waiting. I think for the word is consummated, Gary. Consummate their their uh, hmm. their marriage um, uh, with you know all of their families and and people getting together and then having the great honeymoon, right? No, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, they were betrothed to be be married, but um, yeah, 
Mary became pregnant through the virgin birth, through the miracle of, of God, uh, um, uh, the conception of, of Jesus Christ. And that's important because, again, we, we see some theology in this, that uh, Jesus is fully God and fully man at the same time. It's, it's a, represent, a representation of the incarnation of, of Jesus Christ, um, and not having that same sinful nature that we inherit from um, our uh, descendants, our fathers that, pa- that are passed down to us, but uh, Jesus uh, inherited, of course, the perfect nature of of God. Well, and in the flesh, right? So, and then He lived a perfect life. Not once did He sin. And and that's what made him the perfect uh, sacrifice for us. That was really well said, Garrett. I have nothing to add. You to really that. prepared well for this, that didn't you? That was great. <laughs> I'm sure you can add a little bit. No, there, I, I really don't I think mean, so. I think it's great. It's, it's, I think there. So at the women's conference, uh, women's conference, the uh, <laughs> Christmas tea last week, there Mary was a focus of theirs um, mm. in Luke chapter two, and talking about just the the willingness that she had to follow God's plan mm. and be the one that. Because um, how difficult, I mean, picture picture it, how difficult this would have been. First of all, how scary it would have been for Mary to have an angel right. appear to her and say, hey, basically, you're going to be pregnant too with the the Savior of the world. Right. Um, and she, how, how is this going to be? I'm still a virgin. And the the Holy Spirit is going to um, come over you and you're going to be pregnant with the with Jesus. And it's just like, can you imagine being and and how old was it, was Mary? Do we know how old she was? She was young, young right? Yeah, like sixteen 15, or something like that. Sixteen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how stinking <clears throat> scary that would be. And then right. you go to the other side of this with Joseph, this man who is has a is legally married to this woman, hasn't consummated yet, and then all of a sudden she's pregnant. And she's got to say, "Look, this is what this is what's happening." And Joseph, for him to stay uh, faithful to her and mm-hmm. be alongside her this whole way, and then be um, the um, a human father stand in for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just the the faith and the, um, man, the the perseverance it would take to be Mary and Joseph in that whole situation is yeah. crazy. Yeah, you at look- first Joseph wanted to, you know. He wanted to leave, right? To divorce her, but right. he wanted to do it, you know, nicely quietly. and not quietly and not cause, you know, her any Because he issues. was also Because uh, uh, he was questioning Mary's, yeah, commitment and, oh, you and c- things Could you like imagine that, me right? Joseph for a second? <laughs> I know, huh? <laughs> right? You're um, like, honey, what, what's up? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they also said he was an honorable man, right? right. Joseph was an honorable man, yeah. and he didn't want to dishonor Mary. So, But then, yeah, then the angel came to him and told him what was going on, and he had faith to believe that uh, this was was, this was going to be, and that was his plan for his life. And Yeah, and going back to Mary yeah. just real fast, just if you look at uh, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46, kind of going... Uh, through 56, just 10 verses. It's what's known as the Mary's Song of Praise or the Magnificat. And that's just a great, um, that's a great devotional time, you know, if you want to also think through Mary's response, you know, to this this news, this shocking news. Hey, you're going to be carrying the Savior of the world, you know, uh, the Son of God and, you know, just her heart. He says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Like she recognizes like she is, she doesn't deserve this. Like there's nothing she's done to um, receive this, but God has chosen her and her response is to be obedient, to trust God, to 
you know, do everything that the angel is telling her and, um, you know, to, to, to play her role in the, the miracle of the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, I wanted to jump to another part of the story that we hear a lot and sing songs about is the three wise men. Um, and Garrett, you're specifically excited to answer this question, right? Because you research, right? So, yes. who were the three wise men? Who are we hearing about when this uh, <laughs> they follow the star? And... Right. Go ahead. Well, technically, Scripture doesn't identify three wise men. It just says wise men. It doesn't give us an answer. Uh, but through tradition and through the three gifts that were given, uh, gold, incense, and myrrh, you know, people kind of assume that maybe there was only three kings, but, you know, there could have been a whole band of kings coming. Um, these And guys, only three of them <coughs> saw the registry. <laughs> right, right. And Target, gifts, Bed Bath right. & Beyond, and Hobby Lobby. Um, can you get frankincense at Bed Bath & Beyond? But, but, the, but these guys were, were studying, actually, Old Testament prophecies and kind of looking forward to this uh, Messiah and kind of the timing of when this would come about, and the scriptures were or leading them to a specific time of when this star would show up, uh, because in, in the Old Testament there's a scripture of of this star that would appear, and so they were searching that. Um, and so, yeah, they, they see this star, and then they go to uh, Jerusalem, King Herod, and, and, and ask about it and, and try to figure out where exactly um, they should go. Uh, but, yeah, again, in the story, the tradition said, you know, even gives these three, three wise men, you know, in quotes, if there was... Um, there's stories of their names, uh, Casper, um, Melchior, and Belshazzar. They even have names. That's just through tradition, of course. Um, and so, yeah, it's just another kind of uh, tradition that we intertwine with Christmas of gift giving. We see the kings come and honor Jesus with gifts, and and ultimately he he gave his life uh, for us, and and that's. And giving gifts, exchanging gifts, is is a tradition we hold as Christians to to represent that. That again, this picture of the kings giving gifts, then also you know God giving uh, His gift uh, of of life through His Son, um, and so that's kind of you know could be a tradition of where the gift exchange comes from as well. Yeah, well, let's talk about that for a minute too, because there is a whole uh, side of Christmas celebrated and. Um, traditions held up by non-Christians as well. Uh, and parents, if you happen to have this on when with your kids around, we are going to talk about um, Santa Claus here. So uh, just to give you a heads up with that, uh, I want to ask you guys, what should parents tell their kids about Santa Claus? Should Christians be celebrating the Santa Claus side of Christmas? Um, I know that that's, it's still celebrated. Christmas is celebrated by non-Christians all over the world. So um, what should Christians, how should we approach that? Ooh, John, you want to start with this one? Or you want I to will say for one, I'm just going to go out there. You know, Santa's, a, I, I think Santa's great, honestly. I, I think We it, have Santa at Christmastown. We have Santa at Christmastown. It, you know, it's, it's ultimately the overarching idea is like, it's like, what do you do with it, right? Mm-hmm. So Santa, I think, can be a fun way to kind of celebrate, you know, Christmas in a sense where there's the, the pomp and circumstance, the, you know, the lights and the elves and the toys and the Christmas movies and the, all that kind of stuff. Right. And the pictures and it's about what you do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my family, you know, we, we do Santa Claus. I did Santa Claus growing up. You know, um, I think that it's a balance that you have to, you know, be sure to toe very well. You got to kind of right. think through how you're talking to your kids about it and, and all that. But, you know, I don't think that, you know, 
bringing Santa into your Christmas is sacrilegious or, you know, heresy or anything like that, because, you know, at the root of it all, you understand, look, it's, it's about Jesus, right? And, and Jesus you make sure that center. within your family, that's a focus. Yeah. And uh, the whole month of December, you know, our family, my family, we, we talk about, and we, we, we recognize that the whole month of December is about us anticipating, us waiting, us expectantly looking for the moment in time where we get to celebrate Jesus Christ and his birth. And that's really what it's all about. My kids will know that. You know, I think it's important for your kids to know that first and foremost. But yeah. they're also kids, and they're going to be friends at school and maybe even cousins or whatever that, you know, Santa's a part of things. And, and it's okay, I think, to just have Santa be a little bit a part of it, but not the center stage. Um you know, mm-hmm. I, could, right. I could be off, but that's kind of no. me, you know, shine a light if I'm, if I'm no. blind here, Garrett. I agree with you. You know, some people would disagree, but I, I think I agree with you. But I mean, I grew up opposite of, of maybe John. We are, we didn't have any gifts from Santa. You know, we, we, you know, we didn't celebrate, we celebrated Christmas, of course, and, and knew all the Santa stories and, and read the books and, you know, you know, had those conversations, but yeah, my parents didn't emphasize believing in Santa or Santa bringing the gifts, you know, even though that's kind of the story behind Christmas. Um, That's just my experience. We never had, you know, gifts under the tree from Santa or something like that. It was always from our parents or our siblings and your parents didn't want to share the credit, huh? That's right. It. I think so. I think <laughs> they wanted the credit, you know. We didn't we didn't we didn't have much, so they wanted to no, just kidding. <laughs> My um, family was we had I don't I don't really remember. I was the youngest, so I don't know if this was if it was uh because my I think it was my brother that got like a drum set one year and went my like woke up and saw my dad putting oh no a drum oh. the drum set out. And I don't know, I'd have to ask my parents if that was like were they were they going with the Santa Claus stuff or were they not? I never, my family once, I mean, what I can remember, we never had it um, within our family. And even with our boys now, we never tried to, to keep it up. Not because of anything too, like, you know, strongly feeling about like, no, you shouldn't have that as part of your, it just was never something that we did. Um, so we even, and Caitlin, I don't think either. So like we just, with our boys, we never really attempted it. I mean, I think it's, again, okay, going back to John, I think it's okay to have, you know, play along kind of, the, you know, this big, you know, game you can kind of play with your kids and have them believe in, in the sense of, you know, there's, there's this person, Santa Claus who gives gifts and, and that's, you know, fine. Um, I mean, I think up to a certain point and right. if they're, uh, you know, asking, you know, real serious questions and if, if somehow I think age is someone else, part of it yeah, too. someone else spoils it for your kid, maybe a little bit younger than you would have wanted to. And I think you just have to have, you know, real honest conversations about it. My, uh, my oldest son, he was, uh, yeah, he was spoiled. Uh, I think he was around six or something. Uh, his cousins told him that Santa wasn't real. And he told me very specifically uh, <laughs> that it was, it's been two years since that's happened. Yeah. So, so maybe he was seven. But he's been yeah. really good about yeah. not breaking. But yeah, we told him, you know, we want to just have the, have the fun experience for his younger sisters. You know, they still uh, believe in, in Santa and, and, you know, we give gifts to Santa and their grandparents <clears throat> love to give gifts from Santa. 
Cookies, so milk, kind of, carrots. We're still, we're still, you know, playing along with it for the for the younger ones, which is which is fine. But again, back to John, still focus the the real meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas is celebrating the Lord's birth, and that's yeah. what the real meaning is about. And and this is kind of just added on for a right. extra, you know, special. What's so funny this morning? Legitimately, I'm not lying to just say this on the podcast. This morning, I was walking the hallway. Checking on the kids as they were getting ready. And my daughter, Nora, who's six years old, she was talking to her Alexa. So she's got a little Alexa. She has an Alexa dot, right? There's no screen on it. Basically, they just play music from it. And she said, um, Alexa, do you know if I'm on the naughty list or the nice list? <laughs> <laughs> Parents, you should try this What out. does it say? And Alexa starts asking her questions. Well, do you believe in Santa? And she says, yes. And then she says, well, have you said any naughty words this year? Oh, that's, year? that's so and funny. And she says, no. Have you been nice to your parents? Well, yes. You know, and kind of walks her through this. Wow. And, you know, she's six years old. And so I think it's very harmless. Um, but what's really, uh, you know, kind of that really delicate balance you have to be careful with is you, you, you can... You can start believing in Santa Claus in a moralistic way. Mm-hmm. You got to be a good person to be rewarded. And then you can't, you got to be careful, you know, like having this idea that Santa sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Like, like he's the judge of the naughty and the nice list, right? There's a lot of things that characteristics of God being able to, you know, be everywhere and you right. know, know yeah. everything that you have to, at a certain point in time, when the kids are able to theologically put things together, they're learning in Sunday school, they're learning at the church. Y- there's going to be a point in time where you're going to have to say, you know, like God is almighty. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And I, th- and I think that that's, that you have to choose as a parent when that's the right time. Cause you, you don't want them to think that you're purposely lying to them, right? right. Deceiving them. But, you know, it's kind of how you handle it, right? Yeah, and then you can we can teach the the true, uh, you know, traditions of where even these, yeah, Santa Claus came from, where it came from Saint Nicholas, who was a saint and a Christian, and he was very generous and and gave a bunch of gifts. And, again, that's another tradition of why we give gifts and and, and why we have this person, Santa Claus, that, that gives gifts on Christmas is... Uh, remembering this, you know, this this person, this great man who was doing great generous things, and, and we can emulate that, and we can do that to others by giving gifts and things like that. Right. So. Yeah, and like we said before, there's the the fun side of it, the lights. We have we have Santa Claus at Christmastown this year, so yep. um, Christmastown, if you've never been to Spring Hills Christmastown, I know we didn't have it last year uh, during the COVID stuff. Uh, it's awesome. They they deck out the whole warehouse building um, with, I think it's like, it's hot chocolate cookies and and candy canes, and then there's Santa Claus, and there's some activities and stuff in there. You can write letters to Santa Claus. Letters mm-hmm. to Santa Claus. There's a big mailbox, right? Stay yep. in our mailbox. In. So yeah. super, super cool, super fun. <laughs> our kids were going through the letters <laughs> yesterday. Oh my! Oh, I was like, I hope they don't Uh-oh. find their own. Oh right. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and as well, um, we do we have Christmas down. We also have Bethlehem. If you've never seen Bethlehem, we did have that last year, didn't we? No, we didn't do Bethlehem either last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we Bethlehem, had the nativity scene. We just had a that's right nativity. I think yeah, everything just kind of meshes together now. So John, this is our fifth Christmas here. I know, isn't that dude. crazy? Yes. Uh, Bethlehem is awesome too. They really they go all out out there, and uh, it's a really cool experience. So don't just come to church to be at the service. Spend some time with uh, Bethlehem and um, and Christmas Town as well. Uh, before we go, John, I'm gonna let you uh, share this. Last question um, about Advent. What is Advent? Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah, go ahead. Just what is Advent? Yeah. So I was kind of alluding to it earlier, like the whole month of December. So Advent is just a, it's a, it's a season of time or it's a period of time of, 
of basic mental um, preparedness or just reflecting, uh, awaiting, um, being patient. Uh, you know, it's this, it's it's the season of preparedness. So what it's basically between December first and December twenty fifth. Uh, traditionally, it's four Sundays, right? It's four right? Sundays. So traditionally in the church, maybe you grew up and there was Advent Sunday, mm-hmm. and each Sunday there was a, a candle that was lit, right? And you've got four different candles that like uh, represent things that are that we're blessed by in Christ. What He represents. You have things like hope joy, love, and peace. Those are like the four candles or the four weeks. And so each week you would just look at like, what does it mean for us that Jesus Christ represents hope in our lives? Mm-hmm. That that he is our source of hope, that everything else in this world will let us down, that he's the only one truly capable of providing hope that will last. Mm. So you focus on this idea of hope and you know, there's devotionals out there. I know there's a great one by a guy named Matt Chandler, um, he's a pastor out of, um, I think it's in Dallas, Texas, and the Village Church. If you just look him up, he's got a devotional on Advent, and he goes through these things. So you got hope, you got love. You know, what does it mean that God loves us unconditionally? How does Christ, His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection represent love for us, and how we ought to love other people? Um, there's uh, joy. So you know, in this world, lots of things can. Um, promise things like joy mm-hmm. that they'll bring you happiness, but the only thing that brings true joy is Jesus. And then, lastly, peace. Right. So, peace with God, peace with others, and uh, ultimate peace through you know Jesus' death on the cross is what brings us into a relationship with with God in the right way. So, you've got uh, hope, love, joy, and peace. And each week, you take a week and you focus on that word and you you bring it back to Jesus and the and the Christmas story. And then on Christmas Day, you have uh, a focus on Christ. So the mm-hmm. fifth candle um that traditionally in churches you can see like on an Advent Sunday on Christmas morning or on Christmas Eve, they'll light the Christ candle. Mm-hmm. And so they're like purple and pink, but the Christ candle's white. And uh, you know, it's this it's this just idea of how do we prepare for the arrival? How do we how do we wait? You know, what you do while you wait um, for Christmas um, is important because if you don't slow down, if you don't take the time to really reflect on what this season really means, uh, like lots of us here, it can just come and go so fast and you can miss it. And uh, Advent is a tool that you can use. It's It's a thing that you can incorporate into your tradition to help you not just blow through Christmas right without now I was I was trying to look this up right now because I feel like I remember doesn't um the beginning of Advent also wasn't that the tradition where the Christmas tree came in yeah so like and the wreaths and yeah the wreath like the wreaths being evergreen and so like the the, ev- the life the, the life everlasting of yeah. life of yeah yeah the life that comes from because that's kind of interesting too because I honestly I didn't really know where the um why did we start using, why are we bringing trees inside and decorating that? Like, why was that a thing? And probably, I don't know, sometime right out of high school or something, I think I was in college at a chapel at Azusa or something, and they were talking about yeah. how that was on Advent um, Advent Sunday, the first Sunday is Advent Sunday, right? Right. Um, how that's when people would, tra- in tradition, would decorate their yeah. house with wreaths and trees and stuff, which is interesting to me. Yeah, and if you've, you're have you a family, and I mean, there's still a couple, there's still a Sunday left if you hear this before the weekend. 
and you have kids or yeah, this this I'll put this up tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, you can just stop by the kids check in, and we actually have Advent books that we passed out to all the families at the beginning of the month uh, at our family. Christmas oh yeah, we have night. yeah we have that. So uh, it just walks you through you know each one of those words and uh, kind of gives you a devotional as a family, a little activity, a little mm-hmm. project you can do. And it's a great time to kind of, you know, say, we're just going to do this as a family. We're going to sit down. We're going to reflect. We're going to think. We're going to yeah. prepare our hearts and minds uh, for, and, and we're going we're gonna to anticipate and wait with, you know, expect ex- expectation for Christmas morning. Awesome. And then we're going to celebrate. Cool. Well, this is, uh, this will be the last episode that we have up before Christmas. So I'll tell you all about our Christmas uh, program and our services. We're going to have... Uh, five services over three days, starting on Wednesday the 22nd. Um, and I hope I have these times right, but it's 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and then 5 and 7 p.m. on Thursday the 23rd, and then 3 and 5 p.m. on the 24th um, will be our five services. And I believe Bethlehem and Christmastown are open um, an hour before and after the services. Um, but, right? Is that right? After the services. Not before. Um, I mean, technically, well, I guess between, the second, yeah, between, kind of between the services, services yeah, but yeah, between or the after, first service yeah. of that day mm-hmm. will not be open until after the that. service. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, after the services, Christmas Town Bethlehem will be open, um, so you can come and check those out and uh, spend some time with your family. It's a lot of fun. It's like it's a little bit like like a theme park to an extent when you come and you enjoy the the service, listen to a great message, and then um, go hang out in Bethlehem, check it out. They it's legit, man. Every year, we think we have the camel coming back this year, right? Sweet. I haven't heard yet. Is it? I hope Is so. It He's my buddy. I, I hear so. camels have amazing memories, and the guy last time he was here told me that he likely remembers the people that come up and talk to him and stuff at Christmas. Is it Freddie? Freddie the camel? Freddie, yeah. Freddie the camel. I know um, we got the big cow. Well, the ca- the older camel, Freddie's the younger one, right? Because uh, Freddie's like the baby. The older camel died, and now the one that we get oh, now sad. is a baby. Well, he's really old. Okay. I think I think he believed in Christ too. So <laughs> that'll be the next podcast. Do <laughs> camels go to heaven? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so be here for the services. Awesome. We have our normal services this weekend. Um, oh, and then also on uh, Saturday, which is Christmas next week, there are no services on Christmas Day for the Saturday night, but we are going to have one service Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So it's a little bit different than normal. Um, so there's not an 8:15. So for you who are very uh, consistent 815 attenders. Remember, it's 10 a.m. on the 26th. That's when the service is. So, all right, everybody, we hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Can't wait to see you here at Spring Hills. See Thank you, later. you, John. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Garrett.